I believe that anyone can build a world-class network in record time. Uh, and I've tried to make a framework so that people can do it for themselves. But yeah, it all starts with connecting with yourself first uh, before you even look outside into the rest of the world. Uh, the more intentional you could be, the better. Uh, it takes some pressure off of you know, having to think on the spot about how to be helpful to someone. That's why people go to masterminds is because they can meet a lot of great people in a short amount of time. You know, you don't have to make asks of people. Um, you can strategically make smaller asks to deepen relationships um, using the Benjamin Franklin effect. And sometimes your asks can also be mixed with something that's valuable to them, like featuring them on a newsletter or a podcast. You know, there are ways to prioritize relationships uh, and do so without pissing anyone off or um, you know, coming across as ungrateful that someone wants to speak with you. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. Before we get started today, I just want to say thank you for being here with me. I mean, almost 230 episodes in, I've had the honor of speaking with so many cool people from all over the world. Uh, everybody has a story. I know you out there listening now, you have a story. You hopefully have a big dream, something that is important to you. And that's why you're here. I want to be a part of that journey. I want to be able to give you something that helps you, you know, move forward in your life. And uh, I certainly don't know it all. That's why I have the opportunity to have, you know, incredible people here. And uh, I'm going to introduce my guest here shortly. I just want to want to talk about something that is uh, pretty cool for me before we get started, and that is uh, writing things down. I've been writing things down for years. I've been writing things down, like my goals, my dreams, my aspirations. I'm, I'm trying to start journaling and getting better at that. You know, I am a writer, but uh, I, the whole journaling thing is still scary to me. And when it comes to writing things down, I've always been a pen to paper kind of guy. And now I, I just want to introduce you to something that I think you will like. If you're a pen to paper kind of guy, I think you should try the Remarkable 2. It is a, a really cool concept. I've never liked typing my goals on my iPhone or even an, you know, an iPad because it felt so digital. But if you're like me, you're like an old school person, you should check out a Remarkable 2. It's, it's actually like writing on a paper. It just all gets stored in the cloud. Uh, with that being said, today's guest is a guy that I met a couple of years ago. I had the honor of being invited to one of his events in Hollywood Hills, Meeting of the Minds. It was an incredible event, and I got to meet so many people. And Jared, today's guest, uh, I would, yeah, they call him the most connected millennial. And I think that is for a reason. I just remember that week and how much, how giving he was, how much he shared. Then I had the honor of having, having him on my podcast. And a whole bunch of my guests are actually from that meeting of the minds and also a couple of other events. So he, he's just a super connector that wants to share, wants to give. And now he has written another book. I think it is, it's his third book. And this is How to Build a World-Class Network in Record Time. And 
I'm very curious to talk more about this because building a network of people around you is so important. And the tagline for this book that I really enjoy is the ultimate guide for creating deep, meaningful connections and leveraging those relationships to build an exciting business. And when we talk about deep, meaningful connections, that's so important to me because I see so many people that just want to connect to get instead of connect to build real deep meaningful relationships. I really can relate to that and I'm I'm not the best networker I would say, but I'm I'm a guy who loves creating deep meaningful connections. So here we are with Jared Kleinert. Welcome, my man. Thanks for having me. Love the coffee shop vibes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I know, right? Um yeah, I love coffee, man. I I don't know how much money I've spent on coffee, and I just miss sitting in the in the coffee shops and kind of think about life and having these you know deep conversations that are meaningful. Can we just for people that don't know you, who are you and why is this important to you? Yeah, I'm a, a serial entrepreneur. That's probably how I would first describe myself. I've been fortunate to write a few books. As, as you mentioned, this book is my third coming up. Uh, the last two have been traditionally published. I've won awards. Uh, I got to traditionally publish the first, uh, self-published the second, actually. So I've had a, a self-publishing experience. I've been a, a three-time TED and TEDx speaker and get to do a lot of corporate keynotes. Um, I, I have become a runner in the last few years and done one marathon and two ultra marathons. Um, you know, and, and everything that I've been able to do and will be able to do in the next 50 plus years of my life have all come from my network and not just the people I've met along the way, uh, but also what I've learned from them. And that's why I'm really excited to work on this book, talk about it, um, because it's really how I've gotten to where I'm at, how I'll be afforded any opportunity in the future is because of uh, the people I've met and you know how I've learn to connect with them. Uh, and you, you said that you're not the best at this. You know, I believe networking is a skill. Uh, I grew up you know, in my teens. Uh, I was relatively shy growing up uh, and learned to be more outgoing. So you know, from a personality standpoint, there's definitely ways to leverage your strengths and um, you know, work through your zone of genius to build a network. But I also uh, had a negative mentor when I was 15 and 16. Uh, and went from having no network as a teenager to a negative network and negative experience 15 and 16 to now, you know, being uh, US Today's like most connected millennial, quote unquote. And so uh, I believe that anyone can build a world-class network in record time. Uh, and I've tried to make a framework so that people can do it for themselves. Awesome. And, and for people that want to get to know Jared a little bit more, I'm going to share the link. He was actually on the show, I think about 100 episodes or so, and we go deep into his journey, like as a young entrepreneur. And I think you should, if you're curious more about him, you should go back to listen to that, that episode. We're going to focus a little bit more on tools today for building a network in record time. So where do we, where do we start? Like if, if you want to, you know, connect with, with other people, like what, what's the first step if you are, a little bit hesitant, you know, to reach out to those people, or you feel like, who am I to speak with this person? Like, I think most of us have felt at some point in our, in our lives. And, you know, how do you start that journey? 
So you're going to love this given everything you talk about on your show and, and preach to other people, but really it's about connecting with yourself first. And then it's about connecting with other people. Then it's about connecting with others at scale. So as you become more skillful at building your network and you amass more following and more connections, then it's about you know thinking more strategically. Um, but it's really about connecting with yourself first. And so before you ever go out into the world and try and meet people, uh, you know, there's a few things that I would recommend doing. You know, first is figuring out where you want to go uh, in your career and in your life. You don't need to be 10 years out, 50 years out. Um, I would recommend doing a vivid vision exercise, which actually we did at our meeting of the minds a couple of years ago. Um, but basically deciding where you want your life to be in three years and journaling, um, ideally pen to paper, you're not typing. <laughs> so your, your introduction was perfect. Um, but deciding where you want your life to go, that's step one. Step two uh, is to create a zone of genius for yourself and, and really identify the intersection of your passions, your skills and sort of opportunities in your community or in the market or in your industry. And then third is creating a relationship action plan uh, or being very intentional about the types of people you wanna meet based on some of your goals and how you can see yourself providing value to the people you're trying to meet. And so I'm happy to dive into any of those, but you know, there's, there's quite a few sort of tools I've learned along the way to be better about connecting with yourself. Uh, there's a couple other things on the personal branding side or you know, telling the best version of your story. Um, so there's more to that, which is why we had to write a whole book. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really, it's about connecting with yourself first. Uh, then when you go to connect with other people, you can be more mindful about how you do it. Um, I, I recommend using a snowball strategy. Uh, and so if you don't know anyone right now, or you're trying to break into a new industry altogether, uh, then you're going to look to build a deep, meaningful relationship with one super connector, you know, someone who's highly regarded in their field, well-connected, uh, and you're just going to over-index on giving that person a ton of value and being uh, the world's greatest connection for that person. Uh, and then that's how you start connecting with others. That first uh, super connector turns into introductions to dozens of other super connectors for you. We could talk about how to send cold emails to influential people, how to ask for warm introductions, how to follow up, how to build social proof, how to leverage that social proof. You know, there's, there's more to the connecting with others category. Um, but yeah, it all starts with connecting with yourself first uh, before you even look outside into the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And this whole show is about connecting with your own dreams and yourself. So uh, I love that. And it, that's so important. And I think that we're going to leave that uh, out of the show today because I think you all are on a great journey already there and get more tactical about this. And one thing that I, I'm a little bit curious about, you know, and the limiting belief that I've had personally is that uh, sometimes I feel when I'm reaching out to somebody and ask for something, I have felt like I'm I'm not genuine in a way, you know, that I want something from that person. And that has stopped me many times from actually reaching out to people. Have you heard that before? And how how can you how can if anyone else are are have been thinking like that, what can you do to get over that hurdle? Yeah, I still have that occasionally myself. Uh, it's a good sign, you know, to want to provide so much value to other people that you're not willing to ask for help yourself. Um, yeah, but I, I 
go back to the connecting with yourself bucket and trying to fix that by being more strategic or more intentional about the type of people you're looking to meet. Um, when I say intentional, you know, think about what your current goals are, maybe for the next year, two years, three years, and you could set some networking goals. You know, I want to meet, you know, investors in a certain industry because I'm building a startup and will be looking to raise money in six to 12 months, or, you know, I'm looking for uh, amazing podcast guests for episodes 250 to 300. And that might be a networking goal for you. Um, you know, starting to think like, oh, I, I just want to connect with as many cool people as possible and bringing it back down to, you know, here's the people I want to connect with um, right now uh, for future benefit of my own, um, but also to, to start providing them value. That gives you a starting point. And then in this relationship action plan concept, uh, you're also thinking about ways that you can provide value to people and then specific actions you could take to transact uh, or give that value. And so specific ways you could provide value, you know, you can brainstorm well in advance of ever talking to someone, all the different ways you could be helpful. Uh, and there's the business ways you could be helpful. You know, you can feature someone on your podcast or on your newsletter if you have one, you can invite them to an event and maybe offer them a discounted ticket or a free ticket. Um, you can work with someone and if you have high quality products or services, then by them becoming your client, that's a great way for them to get value. Uh, you know, there, there's all different business ways to help someone, but then you can also think about all the hobbies that you have that you're really passionate about. You know, if I, if I got interested in karate, you know, you'd be able to offer me a lot of value uh, and advice. Uh, and that's something that maybe you wouldn't think of normally, um, but it's just a unique thing that you have to offer as value. You know, similarly, like I can offer people some beginning uh, runner tips if they're going from, uh, someone who's not that athletic to wanting to run a marathon. That's an experience I have in my life and I can share that. Uh, there's contributing to people's charities. There's helping someone's spouse or um, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend or children uh, or parents and so you know, or friends. You know, there's, there's so many ways you can offer value to people. And so you know, in this relationship action plan, not only are you identifying what types of people you're looking to meet, but you're identifying specific ways you can offer value and then you're thinking about specific actions you could take. You know, can you make introductions for people? Can you host virtual or in-person events and connect people that way? Can you create an engaged Facebook group uh, where people can connect? Can you call someone on their birthday or call them uh, if they've lost a family member and, and send your condolences? Can you send gifts at certain times throughout the years and not like crappy gifts, but ones that they'll actually use? You know, there, there's hundreds of ways to offer value, you take specific actions. And so if you do that sort of thinking up front, then when it comes time to build those relationships, it should be easier for you to almost systemize these practices. Um, and that may sound weird when it comes to networking and relationship building, but it's the same thing you would do with your health or with your you know, other parts of your life that you really care about. And so why not do it with, you know, arguably one of the most important aspects of your life, which is the people that you meet along the way who are going to offer you all different opportunities in your career. They're going to be there for you on your ups and your downs. Um, they may lead you to meet a significant other or um, they, they're going to teach you things like your, your network is incredibly important. 
um, and contributes to your health and your happiness and all that. So uh, the more intentional you could be, the better. Uh, it takes some pressure off of you know, having to think on the spot about how to be helpful to someone. I love that. And I think it's everything you're talking about is also value first, right? Giving some type of value to that person and being it feels like this is a long game that you're playing, right? It's not about building a connection, use, and then don't ever talk to that person again. Like sometimes you're at networking events and you can see those guys and girls are like running around with their business cards and they're like, yeah, what can you do for me? Like kind of style. And it feels like almost like you've been, I don't know, it, it's not a good feeling. And then you then you have meet people that are actually interested in you and you, you have like a positive vibe afterwards if they offer to help you with something. So I really like that concept. And one thing I want to share with you before we move forward as far as I learned this from you and I, I think I've never told this. I don't know if I read it or what it was. They used to send like video clips to people's birthdays. So I actually started doing that like I think it's two two or three years ago. And people are so happy. And I've started doing that now for my podcast when I, I'm reaching out to you know high-level guests. For example, episode 200 was Dave Asprey. You know, I've sent him, I used to, I, I go almost every day to Bulletproof Coffee and I used to send him a video almost every day. Hey Dave, I'm here again. I love, I love to be have you on my show. And eventually he just had to respond right <laughs> because it was just so positive so so thank you for that and i think that's also a great tip right to do something a little bit different yeah and and great to hear that you've been doing that you know and a lot of what i think we're talking about isn't necessarily related to technology uh you know it's it's more around the intentionality it's looking to provide value um how you reached out to dave is is a great example you know, you were cold emailing him or cold texting him to try and get him on the show. Uh, and, you know, you you followed up and you, you sort of practiced uh, pleasant persistence. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you cold email someone or send a video or text, that's just not going to work. And so, you know, that's also one of the things we look at in the connecting with others category is, you know, how to send the best possible cold emails or, you know, cold approach at an event. Um, but inevitably that doesn't work 100% of the time. Uh, and so then you're looking at how to ask for a warm introduction. And so, you know, I don't know how many days you went to the coffee shop and sent him a video text message. Uh, but if it was, you know, more than like three or four times, uh, perhaps you could have gotten to Dave uh, in an easier way, which would have been asking a mutual connection to put you guys in touch. Uh, and, you know, I, I have a version of that story I like to tell which is with Matt Mullenweg, the uh, co-founder of WordPress. Uh, when I was doing Three Billion Under Thirty, my my second book, I was you know bringing together stories from top performing millennials, uh, and I cold emailed Matt uh, as one of the people I was looking to bring into the book. I sent the you know most perfect cold email I could possibly send, uh, you know, using the same like templates and and sort of formatting that I used to like reach out to. David Hassel, the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley when I was 16, when I used a similar email to email Keith Ferrazzi, you know, author of Never Eat Alone when I was 18 and got to work with him uh, as well. But not only did Matt uh, not, well, he, he responded, but it was, it was a response that basically said like, stop emailing me. Like, you know, you're annoying. Um, 
And it was just one email. I didn't even follow up multiple times. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you just reach people and they're super busy. Um, you know, they get 600 emails a day and they're just looking to uh, get rid of the noise. And so a few months later, I got a warm introduction to Matt uh, from Jeff Rosenthal, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Summit and, and Summit Series. And Jeff was also in the book. And so when he was in the book, he offered to make some introductions. He introduced me to Matt. Um, I should have made a video to give Jeff to send to Matt, which is a great uh, strategy for sort of warm introductions via email, is use a tool like Loom, L-O-O-M, uh, to record a video and have your mutual connection send it to the other person. You can do it through text as well. Um, but I, you know, I had Jeff send Matt uh, another email that I basically crafted for Jeff, and then I gave him the ability to copy, paste, and Jeffify it, as I like to say. And then Matt was super happy to be included in the book and you know talk to me and and things like that. And so sometimes you do need that warm introduction, um, but inevitably, if you're you know bringing a lot of positivity, looking to offer value to someone, um, you know it may take a few follow-ups, but you certainly can connect with the Dave Asprey's of the world or the Keith Ferrazes of the world with a, a cold outreach. So I'm glad it impacted you. You know, hopefully that is another strategy you could use in the future as you're trying to reach out to Mark Cuban or whoever you want to interview <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I want to ask you this because I'm I'm always reaching out cold to people. I have my dream list and people that I want to connect with and you know learn from. So. For me, sometimes it feels harder to ask you to connect me to Mark Cuban than actually going directly because I have a, have a limiting belief that if you have that connection, maybe you don't want to share it with me. And, and I know I'm not the only one who has that thought. Can you please just kind of go through that? Yeah. Who's, who's on your dream list? You know, give me maybe one or two names so we could like go through it in real time. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example. Great. So... You can cold email, cold message Arnold. Uh, additionally, you can find someone who is mutually connected between you and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so let's assume someone in your network is. I, I imagine you probably have a few mutual connections. If you're looking to provide value, you know the way I would set it up is uh, to basically draft an email from the person you're requesting uh, an introduction from to Arnold uh, and talk about how awesome you are and, and the value that you're trying to provide to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, you also might have to do a little research and figure out you know, what exactly he needs help with. So if he's coming out with another book or if there's a charity event he's looking to promote, you know, there's probably better times than others to give value to someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know, have him be accessible. Uh, maybe a new movie's coming out and he's trying to talk about it. You know, and and you have this podcast as a great way to offer value to people. And so, you know, I would let's say I somehow knew Arnold Schwarzenegger and I was making the introduction. You could email me, say, Hey Jared, I'd love to meet Arnold. Uh, I see that he's coming out with a new book and I'd love to promote his book. Um, you don't necessarily have to say this to me, but what you're trying to do in the background is make me look good in the process by making an intro for you guys. Because what it does is it makes me look good. It helps me offer value to Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. And if you tee it up nicely, then I'm offering value to him in a way that doesn't take any of my time uh, as well. And so 
you know, you could email me, say, hey, Jared, I'm looking to meet Arnold. Uh, he has a book coming out. Uh, I have you know, this podcast. We've recorded uh, 250 episodes. We've featured you know, celebrities, including Dave Asprey, Mark Cuban, Tim Ferriss, and uh, Tony Robbins, among hundreds of others. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to interview Arnold. I'm happy to do it over Zoom or in person at a place of his convenience. It'll only take 45 minutes. Uh, and not only will we stream it live on Facebook, but we will syndicate it to you know, iTunes and Spotify and all the other platforms. Um, would you be willing to make an intro? Uh, if so, feel free to copy paste and Jaredify you know, the following uh, email. Uh, and so if I said yes, I could basically just copy and paste an email which has exactly that same sort of pitch to Arnold from me um, talking about you. <laughs> and so yeah. um, then I could, you know, if I knew him well, I could customize it um, or I could just copy and paste it and send it. But to make a long story short, you know, when you're asking for a warm introduction, you're trying to make the middle party look great. Uh, and offer value to that other person in the shortest amount of time possible. And so the better you craft your sort of sample pitch in the you know mutual connections voice, um, the easier it is for someone like me to say yes and, and make that introduction. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's great. And I, and I, I think I've done... In the beginning, I made the mistake that I just asked, can I have an intro? And if you ask a, a super busy person, can you make an intro? It's almost like, oh, I don't have time for this, you know? But if you prepare everything, you make them look good. It's a whole different story. You're doing the same thing, but it's so much easier. And I, I agree with that. I mean, most people's inboxes are just flooded if you're a, if you're a people that are busy. You know, I I'm started... This past week, I'm just started unsubscribing to everything. Not that I don't want the content; it's just that I, it's too much. I I can't I can't handle it. I want to be able to focus on you know what's important to me right now. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, another um, another quick hack there. Um, so as you're getting you know the Arnold Schwarzeneggers of the world on your show in the next you know coming years and yeah. and leveling up, um, if you do send cold emails then you can always do a one-two punch, as I call it, and send that person a tweet or send them an Instagram DM or do a LinkedIn you know, premium message and say, hey, I just emailed, right? Yeah, I just emailed you about coming on my podcast featuring you know, guests like X, Y, and Z. You, know, you have the ability at this point to leverage that social proof um, and get more guests who are prominent. But the one-two punch is basically going to a second platform within minutes of sending that email, uh, hopefully another platform that is less trafficked by your you know, target uh, interviewee and letting them know that you've reached out. And so that works really well when we were uh, getting contributors for 2 billion under 20 and 3 billion under 30. You know, we'd send a cold email and then we would say, um, hey, just send you an email about being featured in an award-winning book series like Smiley Face and just left it at that. And so maybe they would have seen the email uh, just there. But if you do like a one-two punch, then it's much more likely they'll respond to your message. Love that. And and how transparent uh, should you be when you're connecting with somebody with what you really want of the situation? Is that something you uh, 
tell up front? Like, how, how does that work? Because I, I've, I've never, I want to become better at that. You know, do, do, you, do you tell like, hey, I'm here to do business with you? Or is it just like, hey, I'm here to provide value? Like, where do, how do you deal with that? Uh, it definitely depends on the ask, in my opinion. You know, something like interviewing someone for a podcast or featuring them in your newsletter, you are offering value in the process. So I, th- I think that's an easier ask upfront than to have someone invest in your company, for example, uh, or, you know, spend a hundred thousand dollars with you. And so, you know, when in doubt, uh, default to that long-term view, you know, think about providing value, establishing a, a deep, meaningful relationship, and then, you know, in the future, making an ask, um, that's why when you're thinking about your relationship action plan, ideally you're making goals uh, for that vivid vision stuff you want in six months or a year or later so that you already have strong connections when you actually need them. Uh, you know, you, you don't wanna find yourself in a position of you know, reaching out to people uh, at the last minute to you know, accomplish some sort of goal. Um, if you do find yourself in that position, then things like you know, sending proper cold emails, asking for warm intros come into play. Um, but ideally you're building relationships now that'll benefit you in the long run. And and your business, is that a direct reflection of uh, your ability to uh, nurture great relationships? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, that you know, with my zone of genius is bringing together people and ideas to accomplish bigger visions for society. And so I've found all different ways to leverage that zone of genius in my work. And so with my books, you know, the first two were anthologies, bringing top performing millennials together and sharing their stories, building online communities along the way for them to connect with each other and to select readers. With uh, Meeting of the Minds, you know, we basically said, hey, we got all these amazing book contributors. We have, uh, I had some marketing consulting clients at the time uh, who were New York Times bestselling authors or VC-backed startup founders, uh, you know, top executive coaches, things like that. And I just said, hey, let's bring them all together. Let them hang out with each other, provide value to each other. And that's where Meeting in the Minds came about. Uh, So I've definitely sort of built my business and my lifestyle around meeting as many great people as possible and then connecting them uh, as much as I can. You don't have to have that same business set up for yourself, but um, what you can think about in the sort of connecting with others at scale category is how to maybe start a podcast, have an email newsletter, an online community, a meetup group in person, something that allows you to do one-to-many networking um, and start building uh, relationships, staying in touch with people by offering them additional places to go. Uh, and then what happens is you come to meeting in the minds, you know, you meet someone and then you guys go on and, you know, record episodes together or do business together. And as you're interacting with one another, it's sort of in the back of your mind, you're thinking about me because I made the intro and you met because of me and my communities. And so uh, it's sort of a way of staying in touch with you guys and still offering you value, even though I only have 24 hours in a day and, and so much time. Um, and then that's where mastermind groups come into play as well. I mean, I'm biased because meeting of the minds is a high end mastermind, but I wholeheartedly believe in, you know, joining other communities, joining mastermind groups, attending events where you wholeheartedly believe in the person curating the group, 
uh, and know that you don't have to work a room and that anyone you meet is going to be a high integrity individual and is going to be really good at what they do. Um, that's why people go to masterminds is because they can meet a lot of great people in a short amount of time. Uh, they already have a mutual connection uh, through the curator. And so when they start building their own relationship, it's already at a, a much higher level of trust. And then they can go deeper with that relationship. Awesome. And I'm curious, as you're building these relationships, at what point, like how, at what point do you start asking for business? And how has that been for you starting to ask for business? And uh, have you, did you ever have limiting beliefs of asking for business? Or like, how, how has that worked for you? And what do you recommend others that are starting to build their own, you know, network? Yeah, it's actually important to make uh, asks over time. Um, there's this concept called the Benjamin Franklin effect, where you actually build trust and intimacy by asking for things and uh, having people do favors for you. And so, you know, you, you don't want to make your first ask like the most massive ask. Um, but I, I interviewed someone this morning that I wanted to reconnect with. You know, I, I had a, a call with this person like two or three years ago. We were exploring having me come into a keynote speech at his mastermind event. Ultimately, it didn't work out, um, but we kept in touch uh, through LinkedIn and through probably my email newsletter. And then uh, I sort of emailed him out of the blue, uh, asking if he wanted to do an interview for our email newsletter. Uh, and he said yes. It was a way for us to reconnect, really. Um, and I was providing him value by exposing him and his work to a new audience. Um, but that was partly strategic because I also wanted to talk to him about my new venture, which is in his industry. And he's a super connector in that space. Uh, and we quickly got into a conversation uh, about him potentially becoming an advisor to this new company. And so you know, some of those follow-on asks may happen more organically. Um, one of the challenges I've actually had is that uh, you know, I've been almost too respectful of my mentor's time um, you know, I have a few different people that I've been really reluctant to make asks of in the last few years, so much so that I, I sometimes go like six months or, you know, a year without talking to these people because I, I want to be so respectful of their time. And that could potentially have a negative impact on your relationship where you lose touch with people. And so thankfully, I, I don't think I've lost touch with some of those mentors because the, the quality of our relationship is so deep given all the past interactions we've had and how much value I've looked to provide and you know, the, that I, I've been there for life moments in addition to business. Um, but you do run the risk of losing touch if you're, only, if you're only reaching out when you're asking something or when you're trying to provide value. You know, sometimes you're just looking to build a friendship and that's good enough. And so you, know, you don't have to make asks of people. Um, you can strategically make smaller asks to deepen relationships um, using the Benjamin Franklin effect. And sometimes your asks can also be mixed with something that's valuable to them, like featuring them on a newsletter or a podcast. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and for people listening now, you know, they've started this journey of connecting and especially now when we're not seeing people as much in person, you know, online and they're not getting any, you know, response. Uh, what would you say, like, some, sometimes you get discouraged, right? I remember when I started my podcast, you used to send all these emails and nobody would 
actually respond to you and you're like, oh, what, what am I doing wrong? You know, and then I, I made a mistake once that I sent so many emails that I forgot to change the name and the, the, the assistant replied, yeah, this is not the person. I was like, oh man, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, where I would, you know, try some warm introductions and see if you can go out a, a different way. Uh, if you're sending emails, maybe look to go to another platform where someone isn't as inundated. Um, you know, Clubhouse right now is probably a great place to reach out to people because there's people that are on the platform and active and you know, looking to meet new people. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Clubhouse myself, but uh, if you're trying to be strategic about meeting people, uh, and everyone's attention is there, then that might be a good place to to meet people. So you got to meet everyone where they're at. Uh, and you know sometimes it's not a good time for them. Uh, and so you can follow up in the future. Uh, you know you can look to provide value in another way, ask for a warm introduction, or just reach out to someone else who fits the type of person you're looking to meet. Um, you know I, I would run your um, ideal contacts through the selfie test. Like, you know, are you trying to reach out to someone because it would make a cool selfie on social media? Like if you hung out with Gary Vee and like took a selfie and like shared it, you're going to get hundreds of likes. Or are you looking to connect with someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, someone that's running a nine figure uh, ad agency that has multiple New York Times bestselling books and uh, a big social media following. Like there might be five or 10 people that fit that criteria. Uh, and so again, it goes back to like, why are you reaching out to these people in the first place? Are you genuinely looking to provide them value? Um, you know, and then if, if one person doesn't respond, like are there other people that fit that profile of the type of person you're looking for? And almost always the answer is yes. You know, we, we don't wanna get caught up in like, the selfie test or, you know, you apply the selfie test, make sure you're not just reaching out to someone because it's your ego talking. Um, and, you know, more often than not, it's the people that are more accessible than less that you're going to want to, you know, involve in your network in the first place. Like how much are you realistically going to interact with Mark Cuban right now? You know, he's really busy and, uh, and, you know, very famous and knows a lot of people. Uh, whereas if you find someone that's uh, a few notches below Mark Cuban, maybe there's more value you can offer. You'll have a more ongoing relationship. And then if they become the next, you know, presenter on Shark Tank uh, or judge on Shark Tank, sorry, uh, or the next like multi-billionaire sports team owner, you have a, a, a real a pre-existing relationship with them that you can leverage in the future. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And I've, I've noticed that when I do my podcast, sometimes the best conversations are not with <laughs> the highest level people, because for them, it's just another thing on their calendar, right? It's like, again, and you, you put on the tape recorder and uh, it, it's harder because you got to get them out of that and, and really connect, which, which, is, which is difficult if you're, your schedule is crazy. Uh, so I agree with you. And what else is important for, to become, you know, a super connector and start, you know, enjoying that, especially if you are, you know, you might be a founder of a company or you have this big idea, but you're not like your idea of connecting is a little bit, you're a little bit scared of that element. 
Yeah, a few things come to mind. You know, in the connect in the connecting with yourself category, there's thinking about what makes you different than everybody else and what makes you unique. And so some of your quirks or you know habits that you've built or hobbies, that may actually be the way to help you stand out uh, from the crowd. Uh, it may even be the questions that you're asking people. Uh, you know, Larry King passed away recently, but he was known for his easygoing uh, interviewing style and asking all these open-ended questions, being willing to interview, you know, all the living presidents and also like, you know, conspiracy theorists and, you know, um, alleged psychics. Uh, and he was just had a genuine curiosity in other people. Uh, you know, we're all listening to WIIFM or what's in it for me. And so sometimes standing out is just being an active listener and asking open-ended questions, being genuinely interested in other people. Um, that's always a great way to take the uh, spotlight off yourself uh, and your shyness uh, or or lack of wanting to connect and just uh, asking people, like learning about them. Uh, and so that's something you can learn from people like Larry King, you know, when it comes to... And sorry um, to interrupt you there. What's a couple of good open-ended questions that you can ask? Anything but what do you do? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the worst question. Um but uh, I mean, if you want a formula, um, you know, one of Larry King's best friends uh, is this guy, Cal Fussman, um, who is a sort of peerless interviewer in his own right. He's had multiple uh, interviews on the Tim Ferriss show. Um, he used to write a column in Esquire uh, and he co-hosted a show with Larry uh, that I was fortunate enough to be on. Um, but Cal always talks about asking questions that aim for the heart and then going to the logical side and aiming for the head, and then finally sort of uh, going for the soul. Uh, and so in all of his interviews, you know, Cal would always talk about like, what's the first lesson you learned from your mom growing up? Or, you know, tell me about your best friends growing up, you know, something that would trigger uh, a warm, positive response. Um, and I, I almost call this conversational jujitsu <laughs> because you can sort of lead people to feel a certain way by asking certain questions. Um, and so, you know, you can ask questions like that to endear someone, you know, get them talking about um, positive memories. You can ask uh, things that will help them educate you on what they're working on. Like, you know, what are you most passionate about right now? Or what's most exciting to you? Or where are you spending most of your time these days? Things like that. Um, and then, you know, as you get on or as you go on, you just want to have those questions go deeper, you know, learn about what makes people tick, what their fears are, um, what their um, greatest strengths are, you know, any sort of defining experiences, uh, you know, or formative moments, you know, anything that'll just bond you guys for life or for a very long time. Uh, and I find that the, if you if you focus on the quality of these interactions, that can sustain your relationship for months or even years at a time. You know, like if you think about how often we've spoken, it's not that much from a total amount of hours, but I, I feel like every time we've interacted, it's been a meaningful conversation. And hopefully, you know, if I passed away one day, you would speak positively about me. You, know, you would feel like I offered you value and, you know, played some small role in your life. And so that's how I want, you know, all the people in my life to feel especially those who are in my relationship action plan that are crucial to my business and my personal success. Uh, and, and that's all you can focus on. 
that's great. And, and one thing that I want to talk about also, if we if we move forward to these people that are listening here that are super connected, and they're almost so so busy, you know, with text, email, and everything that they start to resent it and their conversations become worse and that has happened to me sometimes i'm just so overwhelmed and i'm start to reply to emails without even saying hi or just yes no and and then i realized my conversations are my relationships and i can't do that so what do you want to say to to people that are in that sense right now that their business is growing like crazy they're super connected and they're starting to lose touch that's where the the one-to-many networking comes into play um you know setting up communities or newsletters or, or systems where you can communicate meaningfully with a lot of people uh you know if you think of uh different thought leaders like a tim ferris or a james clear you know, they've set up systems where they could send one heartfelt, you know, blog post to millions of people, or they can record one podcast episode and have it intimately touch hundreds of thousands of listeners. And so, you know, networking can be a lot of things. Uh, as you become more famous or followed like that, you become a virtual mentor to other people. And so they could still learn from you, have this relationship with you, even if you don't ever meet. Uh, you know, for super busy founders, you know, I would say the relationship action plan they have is probably around the team that they're hiring and potential investors, potential acquisition partners. And so, you know, it, it's okay if they're not working on some of the other relationships. Um, you know, you don't want to be an asshole to people, but it is okay to prioritize who you spend time with. Uh, and I, I think that's perfectly fair game you know, as long as you do it in a way where you're being a nice person to everyone and maybe, you know, steering them in another direction, where if you're too busy to have a meeting with them, offer to have them on your email newsletter or to um, point them in the direction of another friend that you have who could be valuable to them. You know, there are ways to prioritize relationships uh, and do so without pissing anyone off or, um, you know, coming across as ungrateful that someone wants to speak with you. That's great. And Jared, I know you have an event coming up shortly. So can you just talk about like your, a couple of final world words and where we can get your book and uh, if people want to connect with you, write you a cold email, where, where can they do that? Yeah, send me an email, jaredkleinert at gmail.com. Um, if you want to make it a warmer email, you could just reference, you know, I love success or Peter in the subject line and I'll, I'll definitely, you know, respond to you. I don't get that many emails, surprisingly. Um, you know, I'm pretty decent about managing the inbox. Um, new book is at motm.co slash books. Um, and if you want to learn more about meeting of the minds, it's motm.co. Uh, you know, book is how to build a world-class network in record time. It's my third book. Um, really excited for it. It's taking 10 years of everything I've learned, uh, building a world-class network of my own, you know, being under the tutelage of people like Keith Ferrazzi uh, or the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley, according to Forbes, David Hassel, who's built a, a nine-figure tech startup. Um, yeah, I, I feature some friends' stories along the way and little anecdotes, lots of templates. Uh, and the book's going to get better over time because 
uh, we're sort of pushing updates to it like you would update an app or if you are lucky enough to have a Tesla and you can get software updates <laughs> to your car. Uh, I think that's the way media is going to go as well. Uh, and so you know, th there are books in the past that have had expanded and updated versions. I think we're just going to do it a little more quickly. And hopefully you're, you're part of the early edition readers of that. Uh, we'd love to have your support and, and have you as a reader. So uh, so yeah, reach out to me, uh, jaredkleinerchima.com uh, or motm.co slash books uh, specifically for the book. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jared, for your time. It's it's always a pleasure, man. And and every time I've been to an event, you've always been so giving. And it's only natural that you deserve uh, the best in life because you're giving so much. So all the best to you. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, for people that are still here listening to the I Love Success podcast, I'm so grateful. Without, without you listening or watching, this would just be two guys talking about cool, cool stuff, but uh, it's, it's always better if we can, you know, inspire somebody to, to make a change in their own life. So uh, if you've, uh, if you learned something today and you think somebody else should hear this message, please share it with somebody that needs, needs to hear this right now. That needs to connect with a little bit more people. I mean, we're, we're also disconnected uh, right now in a way I feel, and we're, there's a lot of loneliness in the world going on. So we need to connect even more. So I, I am, I think this message is super important. Also, as you know, I have a big fat mission. I want to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. But right now you are the most important to me. So please help me. Let's, let's do this together as a team. Uh, let's build a better way of living, you know, let's be proud of our lives. Let's spread joy, happiness, love, success. And uh, yeah, that's it guys. Talk to you soon and have an awesome, awesome day.